Hello and welcome to our, our ongoing series of compliance webinars presented by Mango. In this webinar we will talk about what seems to be a really popular QHSE topic. That topic is establishing objectives and targets for your management systems. I say popular because we have a few hundred registered for this webinar. Thanks to those listening in to the live event and also a big hello to those listening to the recording of this webinar. This recording will be viewed many thousands of times on our website. I know time is important for you all and I'm grateful for, you, for all of you listening in. There seems to be a real appetite for these educational QHSE topics. My name is Craig Thornton and I'm the Chief Marketing Officer here at Mango. Why not connect with me in LinkedIn and why not subscribe to my blog? I blog weekly on various compliance topics. For those new to these webinars, we have a resources area on the Mango website. There you'll find free manuals, free forms, free checklists plus free presentation on things like internal auditing, health and safety, quality systems, and environmental manage management. So just go to mangolive.com and click on the resources tab at the top, and then click on the links and download whatever you like. Some housekeeping rules for the webinar today. Firstly, please ask questions in the question box on the GoToWebinar application. As we go along, I'll pause the webinar, and with our panelists, we will answer those questions. Secondly, I'll be recording this webinar, and soon after, I'll send you all a link to the presentation. This will be a video of the presentation plus the slides, so you're more than welcome to share that with your colleagues. And finally, I've arranged the next webinar. That webinar topic comes from a request from a webinar listener, Roz. She's asked me to do a webinar on root cause analysis. Roz asks, I always appreciate, I would always appreciate a refresher on root cause analysis, especially using fishbone diagrams. So with that, I've arranged for Sean Bannian from Etel, a company based in Auckland in New Zealand, to give us training on that topic. So look out for the invitation for that webinar in two weeks' time. So on to today's topic. Our panelist today is Gary Patrick. Gary is the director and principal of QSM Group. QSM Group is a leading professional services business and a registered training organization with extensive experience assisting organizations and individuals to improve business performance through the provision of consulting, training, and compliance software solutions. So Gary's going to share with us today his advice when establishing objectives and targets for your management systems. So Gary, without further delay, the floor is yours. Over to you, son. Okay, thanks very much, Craig. And uh, welcome to everyone. Um, so today's topic is really going through an area that I'm pretty passionate about in terms of uh, objective and target setting for management systems. I think probably uh, I've found over my too many years of experience in both top management roles with large multinational organisations and now as a uh, QHSE consultant and trainer, this is an area that's full of opportunities. Uh, but unfortunately, my experience is um, most systems fall short of realising the opportunities that are there. So we'll be discussing, I guess, my, my views, my thoughts in terms of how you might go about uh, enhancing the value of your objectives and targets within your management system. Uh, we'll be specifically focusing on objectives. Um, we won't be discussing uh, the planning aspects of those objectives, but happy to answer questions about aspects if there are any. Uh, 
Um, so the topics we'll go through is really just to provide you with a brief introduction, uh, what the standards require, which uh, and I've only looked four current standards for quality, for two safety and uh, environmental. Um, and then go through, I guess, what, what's my experience in terms of what are the things I've noticed that can go wrong. Uh, and discuss some of my ideas on how you can make a difference. And they're really you know, the high level, but there's also some practical uh, aspects you can take away. And then uh, have a recap, and then if there's any uh, Q&As at the end, uh, we can respond to those. So, objectives and targets, and uh, three of the four standards now uh, don't refer to targets, they refer solely to objectives, uh, but for all management system standards, and the four main ones are listed on the slide, they have a requirement for an organisation to, uh, um, to establish, uh, maintain and review uh, objectives, and in the case of 4801 targets, in respect to the management system. And really what objectives do, um, they really decide what are the actions and the programs that the actual management system is going to uh, do. And can, so I, can, I, can I just pause you there, Gary, yeah. just, just, just to add yeah. one more standard that you're probably not aware of in Australia, but in New Zealand here we have uh, ACC, WSMP yeah. and ACC partnership programs also have objectives, so the, the, those programs are based on 4801, so, so when you're talking 4801, you're talking um, ACC, WSMP and partnership. Okay. So keep going. Thanks, Ray. Sorry yeah. for the interruption there. So I guess that second point in terms of uh, translating purpose into actions, um, your very programs and plans for your management system, if the objectives aren't quite right or are just done for the sake of having objectives, it then logically figures that your programs and plans aren't going to be as good as they maybe could be. So I guess my experience is really what objectives and targets within your management system, they really present a significant opportunity to derive and demonstrate value to all the stakeholders of the management system and to really get a genuine buy-in of people across the organisation from the MD down to the person on the shop floor um, if it's done properly. And it also presents an opportunity to sell and market and improve the image and reputation of the management system because people see that the system is actually delivering tangible, valuable outcomes and results as opposed to something that's just done to maintain the certificate on the wall. Um, and that last point, I guess, most organisations tend to struggle a little bit with it and uh, really they, they come up and I've seen examples of organisations that have uh, uh, been certified probably eight, nine, ten years ago and the same objectives, targets they had then are still alive and well, uh, buried in a document that uh, nobody looks at. <laughs> so what do the standards require? Well, they all have slightly different takes, but they've got a lot of commonality as well. And they require uh, the objectives uh, to be across relevant functions and levels. So, so what that means, it, it really is, it's across, well, top management, departments, processes, functional groups, work cells, project teams, and even down to an individual level. Really, 
the person who is exposed to a particular uh, safety risk, they have to have a buy-in to what they need to do in terms of uh, helping the organisation meet that safety objective or target that they may have formulated around that particular issue. And most organisations tend to limit that in terms of having it related to people that are involved in the management review and in the boardroom and so forth. They don't necessarily go down to the levels that are actually, uh, the standards actually require and the level that's required to actually deliver value. And the standards all, all refer to when you're coming up with your objectives and targets, well consider the legal obligations you've got to meet. Uh, consider your other requirements like customer requirements, uh, maybe voluntary environmental labelling requirements, all of those sort of things. To consider your business risks and opportunities and what are your, uh, your key operational and business requirements and where are those problems and those issues that need, you need to address. So they're going to be fairly unique to each organisation. And importantly, they've got to be consistent with the policies, the processes and what the organisation is about. They've got to be measurable, uh, monitored, communicated, updated and importantly aligned with improving your management system. So um, when you haul out your objectives and targets next and look at it and say, well, ask, is it really uh, improving what we're doing with our management system? Is it going to deliver value to the organisation and the people that actually work within it? So just briefly, I don't want to go through those in, those in details, but really they're the requirements Standards all very similar when 4.5.001 is released. That'll be also very similar again. At the moment, uh, 4.8.01 sticks out there as being slightly different. Okay, so what goes wrong? And these are in no particular order, um, but these are the things that I see probably every on a daily basis. So a lot of the objectives and targets I see really they're, they're established and maintained for the sole purpose of achieving and retaining the certificate on the wall and they don't actually live and breathe and change to deliver value to the organisation. And as I referred to earlier, I've seen some extreme examples where objectives and targets haven't literally changed in, in eight or nine years. Um, and I've seen them developed by the person that's responsible for the management system or top management and they really never get communicated or revealed or actually live outside of um, that limited area. And they may be discussed at management reviews occasionally, but generally it's there to, to get through an audit, which to me is a lost opportunity. Mm. And importantly, you see this all the time where the objectives fly in the face of what the organisation's policies and processes and risk profile actually is. Um, and I've seen some extreme examples of that and uh, without mentioning the name of the, name of the organisation, um, a, a manufacturer of modular um, buildings for mine sites and uh, reasonably substantial business and uh, had an issue with um, working at heights on the manufacture of these modular buildings. 
and had the objective and it was a worthwhile objective. But what he actually set up was something that was not aligned with the actual legal requirements about working at heights. So they've set up something, and it was on a major, a major resource project here in the tens of billions of dollars that really um, hadn't been thought through and really ignored what the law was and what the codes of practice required you to do in terms of working at heights in this particular um, assembly or manufacturing process for modular buildings. Uh, and also importantly is for the people that work in the business, if they, they're aware of the day-to-day -day issues and problems and where the where effort probably needs to be put to actually improve things, they're the things that occur on a day-to-day -day basis. So if they don't actually see the relevance of here's a real problem that's happening every day, but somehow that's not being translated into an objective with a management system, they tend to become a little bit cynical about, um, well, why isn't the management system tackling this issue that is obviously costing the business a lot of money uh, and is creating a lot of inefficiencies within our processes. So um, that's an opportunity. And very much linked to the bottom one in terms of uh, fails to adequately consider the areas of organisational performance and need of improvement. For those of you that are Mango users, there's a whole lot of data that you can extract from Mango if you use it uh, to, uh, to actually identify those areas that are in need of performance and get some good data that actually supports uh, the initiatives and planning objectives and targets. Um, and the very last one, a lot relevant to functions and levels within the organisation they're supposed to address. So I guess a classic case of that is having uh, uh, salespeople, and I've seen this in, on more than four or five occasions, salespeople reporting on their performance in, against an objective that has absolutely nothing to do with it because it's related to uh, production or manufacturing. But they've got to put in their monthly report uh, um, and uh, about how they're going, and it's of course it's a nil report, uh, not really interested, and they've been putting in that for that uh, probably a year or two. So again, it's thinking about um, the objectives and targets and mechanisms around that that you actually set up to make sure they're actually targeted to the functions and levels that are relevant to what you're trying to address. Um, what can go wrong again? Low level of awareness. People in the organisation don't actually know what the objectives and targets are. And I know that's an area that's uh, attempted to be addressed within the words of uh, new 2015 uh, versions of 9001 and 14001, but um, it's an area you see time and time again. Um, and progress is either not measured correctly, uh, it's not reported, and certainly the outcomes are not communicated. So. Uh, um, you see these objectives and targets that have been established uh, and then one or two years goes on, maybe they're discussed at an audit in their surveillance audit, um, but other than that they're actually not communicated and reported. And consultation is one of the keys is in terms of the people that are involved or that actually play a role within um, assisting the organisation achieve its objectives and targets in regards to the management system, well they need to be aware of what their roles are. <laughs> and uh, um, 
and that comes through consultation and involvement with those people and, and providing clarity in terms of what they are actually required to do to help achieve organisation. And other issues are in terms of um, they're, they're not reviewed, they're not amended as changes occur, so you have objectives and targets that may well have been valid one or two years ago, but they're actually not relevant to the business now. So uh, I've seen that a whole lot in terms of where uh, organisations have had uh, have been aware of legislative changes occurring, uh, and at the time it was really good to set up that objective and target about doing something about making sure the processes of the organisation uh, were aligned with those uh, changes to legislation. The legislation has been introduced, implemented, and the objective and targets still there, uh, occupying space and people see that and they think, well, it's already long gone. Uh, and one of the key ones is, do they go wrong? Uh, top management, they fail to get the buy-in of top management. And uh, top management, without top management buy-in, uh, you're not likely to get value-adding objectives and targets for the new organisation because the real value-adding ones obviously uh, require resources, require commitment, and they have to be aligned and integrated with overall organisation strategies and goals as well. And just very briefly, and I uh, wasn't going to talk about planning, but the planning and programs that actually related to the objectives and targets, they're actually, uh, some of them are quite poor and uh, don't involve the people that need to be involved in it. So. Um, and the plans underestimate the resource requirements, so uh, the end result is the plan and the objectives don't see the light of day and things aren't actually achieved as a result of it. And another thing is in terms of sometimes it's like spreading yourself too thinly. If you've got too many objectives and targets, quite often um, focus and attention is, uh, is uh, spread too thinly and you end up getting none of them done. So you know, as a rule of thumb, some, if you've got more than you know, five, seven main objectives, you probably um, may have too many. Uh, that depends, I guess, on the organisation. But I've seen organisations with 30, 40, and uh, it doesn't provide the focus for actually making a difference and delivering value to the organisation. And I've already discussed the ignoring legal requirements is a fairly basic one for having your sure that uh, you've actually uh, uh, the law and other requirements that you've actually got to meet under your management system. And lastly is quite often there will be a, uh, an ineffective process for the establishment and maintaining objectives and targets. So again, that's something that may have been developed as a, uh, as a procedure or a document when you first got certification and it may not have changed in all that time. And so whilst the document may comply to the requirements of the standard, they may not actually um, add value to how your organisation needs to go about its process for establishing objectives and targets. So, Can you just pause there, Gary? I've got a couple of comments. <laughs> not questions yes, from anybody else, but from me. Um, that one there, too many objectives and targets, I see that quite often myself. So yeah, when when companies get certified or audited, the auditors 
can't say that you've got too many because they'll be seen to be consulting. So it's up for the organization to determine what is most appropriate. And so I get asked a lot when I'm consulting is, well, how many objectives should we have? And so, you know, you, you say a rule of thumb is, is say, my, I say sort of three to five, or the, yep. the fewer the better because it gives you focus. And so when you do achieve your objectives, of course, you can come up with new objectives. You don't have to wait 12 months to come up with new ones. So um, that too many objectives and targets is quite a common um, issue. And, and it, you know, the, the focus is spread across so many objectives, you don't know which one's the right one to focus on. So that's a, that's a really common one that I get asked a lot as a consultant. Yeah, look, and obviously when you're first going through the certification process, your objectives and targets are quite rudimentary and they're, you know, they're basic. And, uh, but they should change and develop as your system becomes more mature and your organisation goes forward. Um, yeah, I agree, Dragon's and any, any more than you know, five or seven and that's really the upper limit. But it also depends on how demanding the objective is. So, you know, um, we've got two or three and one of those is a big kahuna objective, well, that's good as long as you actually get some results with it. So overall, all of that adds up and probably uh, in my previous lives when I used to run these things as opposed to consult them, uh, I've been guilty of a lot of those things. Um, but there's an opportunity to, to make a difference. There really is. So. How would you do that? And really, it's really keeping this at a very, very simple, uh, a lot of simple hints. The starting point is get the process right. So if if you've got a process that uh, uh, is documented and was maybe appropriate five, ten years ago, uh, maybe it's time to view it and have a look at it in terms of is it actually providing the organisation with the value that it actually uh, needs to obtain from its management system. Um, and is the involvement, consultation and communication that takes, takes place around the development and ongoing uh, progress towards achieving those objectives, is that at the level that it should be? And are the objectives right in the first place? Um, and to do it properly, it takes quite a bit of time and it's a big commitment to actually involve all the necessary stakeholders and get the objectives, targets right for the business. So they are going to make a difference and provide value. And then making sure you're measuring, reporting and reviewing and we communicate, communicate and communicate how you're going in regards to the progress against achieving your objectives and targets. Um, the communication is key. Uh, and also the measure, because make sure you're actually measuring the right thing and your measurement is actually as integrity as correct. Just, pa worth, just, pause there, just pause there, Gary. Um, a question here from Garlo asking, how yep. should you establish targets when you're just starting out setting objectives um, in an organisation? You, know, you do not have benchmarking numbers. Do you, you know, how do you, how do, you, do you base it on experience or based on statistics? What's your advice well, when you start? No, well, maybe you can look outside your own organisation, look into the industry, look into your competitors in terms of what is happening there, 
uh, as opposed to an very internalised look. So in terms of, I always work with clients in terms of, well, okay, what is happening in the market and so forth, and what can you learn from that, and what parts of that could you apply to your organisation? Yeah? But coming around targets, at the end of the day, targets add, um, targets are important because they provide the milestones that actually confirm you're actually meeting your objective. If you have poor targets in there, you don't know you're meeting it. And so, uh, and you often see that as well, you have an objective and maybe the objective, there's a smart objective, which we'll talk a little bit later, but it's only got one target. Hmm. But the reality is, most objectives that are worthwhile have very, very multiple targets that provide the stepping stones you've got to meet as you achieve your objective. I guess that's a classic example is in terms of uh, environmental objectives where you have an overall one about reduction in um, you know, energy use per tonne of raw material used or something, but then you have, well, well, what's the raw material we use and you have objectives about each bit of those raw materials and achieving a certain reduction over a certain time frame. Unless you go to that sort of level, you're unlikely to, to get the objective that you started up with. Mm -hmm. um, I've got an example. I work with a print company and um, when they started out they were asking, so what sort of objectives are there? And I, I just said, well, so what, so if someone, if a customer is asking for a particular, um, uh, a particular um, piece of packaging, um, you know, how, how many days does it take from order to to getting that delivered in the door? And they said, oh, it'll, it'll take four or five days. And I say, well, what is the competitors doing? And they say, oh, they're doing about three or two or three days. So I said, well, set your target at, at that. So you can you can sort of go to real real world, what's actually happening, what's happening with your competitors, what's happening in the market, what do the customers want, and set, set some objectives from that. So you don't have to have your own experience or your own, you know, what, what you can achieve, set something that you know, the competitors or the market are expecting. Another question here from Shiloh asking, uh, how do you change objectives if you still want to achieve your previous ones, such as no lost time injuries? Yeah, well, yeah. So, without getting into the arguments about no lost time injuries, I would yeah. argue that's a target. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and the objective is a, is is a is a bigger bigger thing you're trying to achieve, and that is one of them. Okay. Uh, but you know, it's important, I guess, in terms of whatever your objectives and targets are at any point in time, that you're testing them to make sure they actually are worthwhile. To the organisation. If top management in the organisation, all they see is the cost of that objective and fail to see the value that it's creating, you won't get their buying. <laughs> it's hmm. just the way it is. And so, and I guess, and that's you see that all the time with a lot of objectives. It's it's they they focus on it costs this to actually fix this and fix that and ignore, well, what is the opportunity that is derived from that thing being achieved and quantifying that. Because uh, really, whether we like it or not, businesses or businesses are in business to, to make money 
and to survive because if they don't, they're not able to develop their business, they're not able to put in more resources, developing bigger and better products, they're not able to train and develop their people as they should. So that's really a key to coming up with value-added uh, objectives is what's the payback for the organisation, where's the value coming from? Because <laughs> hmm. um, it's easy to come up with the cost. <laughs> It's not so easy to come up with what the value is. And, uh, uh, yeah, good, good. Which which sort of is, leads on to what Becky's asking now is that currently we seem to have a lot of objectives focused on negative targets and results. Are you able to give yeah. us an example of objectives with positive measures? Yep. Yeah. We can move on to that in terms of I've got some uh, in terms of when we go through how can you make a difference in terms of some of the detail of these four points. Sure. So if I can discuss it at that time. Yep, if I miss sure. it, remind me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I won't forget. <laughs> yeah, okay. So how can you make a difference? And really, there's no rocket science here. A lot of this is pretty old stuff, but for whatever reason, you see it absent in a lot of businesses I work, work with in terms of uh, um, basic principles and things about how you would plan and involve, but they're, they're just not done for whatever reason. Um, so that first, having coming up with a fit for purpose process, yeah, you know, I know this is not teaching granny. Well, it is teaching granny to say, okay, at the end of the day, your process has to meet the requirements of the standard. But that it shouldn't end there. It should say, well, okay, what are the needs of the organisation to get this thing working properly and meeting and delivering value to the organisation? And and that requires basic things. Well, you know, who actually needs to be involved in the process? Thinking about that and making sure you involve those people in the process to come up with a fit-for-purpose process that makes sense for your organisation, not one that's just you've got off the internet and you've just got it to, in your system so you can get through an audit. And training the stakeholders. And I know from you know experience in corporate corporate land years ago, that guess what with your planning process is that you need to be trained. You're not born with that skill or that knowledge. You need to be trained in how your process works and have a very, very brief refresher training each time when you know, you've got your training, your, your planning sessions up. Just don't assume that people recollect what they've got to do. And the important thing down below is top management have to establish and enforce the expectations for people involvement and participation in this process. If they don't, people won't get the buy-in and they also uh, won't participate as they should. Because if you get a wider group of people participating in the development objectives, you're more likely to get commitment to those objectives and targets. So, key one is involve, consult, and communicate. So, top management buy-in really is is critical, and I know um, that can be difficult to achieve. Um, you know, top management says, "Well, you know, QHEC manager, you go and develop the objectives and targets, and deal with the auditor and whatever." Off you go. Uh, and you come back and you, you tell the top management about what you've done, um, that's not buying. Um, at the end of the day, that can be a difficult one to achieve, but it's fundamental for success. 
top management will buy in if they actually see the value of doing it. If they don't see the value of doing it, they will spend their time in other areas where they can actually uh, make a difference or derive value for the organisation. So that becomes, that's a tricky one. But at the end of the day, they decide where the resources are going to be allocated and uh, are critical in terms of getting the objectives and targets for the management system integrated with the overall organisational goals. Um, consultation is in terms of, well, you know, if you're applying a goal, uh, objective and target across a particular function or work group, make sure you involve them and consult with them. Um, just don't assume that they know what's going on. And also importantly, that the nature of that consultation and communication has got to be aligned with the nature of the audience. So talking about objectives and targets that are really at, the, at a top management uh, functional level, the communication and, and consultation uh, methods used at that level would be a lot different than what you're using at the shop floor level, for example. And I see that all the time, where the communication or the nature of the communication doesn't change. So they may well have actually communicated what's going on to the guys on the shop floor, but an hour after the meeting, everyone's going, well, what the hell was that about? Hmm. Um, and also in terms of the planning, <laughs> and uh, this define the desired result and give people the opportunity to contribute to how the result can be achieved. That takes time to do, but can be extremely beneficial for getting value-adding objectives uh, and the supporting plans. Because if you're coming up with something that relates to people at a certain functional level in the organisation that are doing that work day in and day out, it logically <laughs> figures that they are very well placed to come up with, well, what are some of the things we could do to improve what we're doing? Um, and they'll only do that if you give them the opportunity to do that. Okay? Otherwise, it's people sitting away that are remote from where the problem or the issue is, coming with what they think are the plan of attack for it, which may or may not be uh, the best way to tackle it. And communication of roles and responsibilities. You know, people people need to know what what do they have to do to help the organisation meet their objectives and targets. If they don't know or in the absence of clear direction or instruction there, they'll make up their own view of the world which may or may not uh, uh, be helpful to achieving the objectives. And uh, that word communicate, communication and promotion of the, uh, the objectives and targets is something that's really overlooked. Um, so. You know, when was the last time I go, you know, put up my hand and say I'm guilty of this? Is that really when I used to be hands-on in terms of managing this sort of stuff in, in, in my previous life? How often do I actually go out and promote and communicate the value of the management system and what it was delivering and what it was providing? Um, it wasn't very often, but there's an opportunity to do that though. Okay. Get the objectives and targets right, and this is something you can't do in an hour or two. You just can't, um, and yet 
You know, I've been guilty as a consultant saying, well, you need some objectives and targets and here's some good ones to get started with. Uh, and off you go in an hour and two and you've got them and that'll get through an audit, no problem with that. But that's not necessarily adding value to the process or the organisation. And so it has to be given enough priority and time. And the only way to do that is it just becomes part of the overall organisation's planning processes. Uh, so their annual you know, strategic plans and budgets and business plans and all of that sort of thing, it needs to be included as part of that. Then it will get the priority and the time it actually deserves. And when the objectives and targets, there really is that opportunity to make a difference, but it really is thinking about um, what will add value and what will people get maybe excited about? What will they want to actually participate in? Um, because if you get enough people uh, pursuing the same objective, you then start to get things happening within uh, the organisation and you also create a, a more positive perception about the management system and, and what you're all about. And just some things, I guess, and objectives that I've noticed. Um, they've got to be under your control or influence. There's not a lot of point in having an objective you can't influence. So if you're going to have an objective about dealing with uh, interest rates or something like that, don't waste your time uh, because you're not going to control them. Um, I know that sounds obvious, but again, it's something I see time and time again where objectives are not with actually under the control of the the people in the organisation. Make sure you don't have many and have objectives you've got some chance of achieving. Plan for success, not for um, getting through an audit. Um, and the objectives, they can be set at various functional levels of the organisation and try and have it across as many of the levels that you can. So they're all people throughout the organisation are playing a role in going forward in the continuous improvement of your systems. And they can be strategic, operational, tactical in nature, and they may have one or many targets. The most effective objectives I see have multiple targets. They, um, sorry, I've just uh, got a mouse failure. <laughs> it's working now. Yeah, okay. Um, and I guess one of the things in terms of one of the deficiencies that I note is the lack of alignment. Well, make sure they are aligned. And that takes time to get that right. Um, make sure that you've got the objectives are all consistent with each other. Don't have one objective in one area that contradicts or flies in the face of another objective in another area of the business. See that every, every day almost. Um, and that requires involvement, consultation with people to actually get it right. Uh, making sure that your objective and targets are actually um, aligned with, well, what are your actual business risks? And are you at those risks that you're actually trying to address? By addressing them, is that going to deliver any value to the organisation? Uh, making sure you're complying to the law and so forth. And Focusing on areas of organisational performance in need of improvement, well, that requires analysing data and you know, where you've come, what are some of the, the areas that need improvement uh, as a result of, I guess, the data you've captured in the system. 
but also the bit about looking outside of your own organisation, looking into the external environment about what other industry players are doing, what is best practice, what's happening with, with technology in terms of uh, are there any opportunities there to improve uh, performance through technology. And lastly, in terms of getting objectives right, let's make sure you've got ownership of the objective. So who is the person that's going to be accountable for ensuring that objective is delivered? And I know that sounds very simple. Again, quite often it's lost the way and you'll have uh, uh, auditors turn up and say, well, okay, what's going on with the, the plans for this objective? Let me go and talk to Fred because he's the objective owner and Fred doesn't even know he's even got the objective to, to achieve. So it's really something that's critical in terms of one owner of an objective, not multiple. So basic stuff about setting objectives, about smart objectives, which everyone's really familiar about familiar with, I'm assuming, is the objective's got to be well defined, it's got to be clear and it can't be too detailed but it also can't be too short. So the detail has to reflect. If I'm going to explain what we're going to do here to, to someone that's uh, not familiar with it, are they going to have an understanding of what we're about and what we're trying to achieve? Um, and obviously they've got to be measured and and I know the standards refer to uh, they should be measurable and they put them with practicable or terms like that. At the end of the day, if you can't measure it, um, you might want to consider whether the objective's worthwhile having or not. Hmm. <laughs> so, because I think at the end of the day, people have to know whether they're succeeded or they've failed or they're partly progressed. If you can't measure it, how do you even begin to... to uh, communicate that to people in the organisation. So yeah, I'm always a great believer in have it measurable, although the standards allow for something that may be outside of that. Uh, it's not advisable. And achievable, I've added the word agreed in there. So yes, the objective's got to be achievable, but you've actually got to agree the objective with the people that are going to help you achieve it. So I see that all the time again with um, the QHEC manager and the MD that come up with an objective that may be a very good one, but they fail to consult and get the agreement of the people that actually have to deliver on getting that desired result. So that agreement is a critical factor in uh, establishing smart objectives. And worthwhile, consistent with the context. So the organisational context, your policies, procedures, processes, other objectives. And also, having a time limit and you know, achieving things within a time limit because if you don't have a time limit, um, you've got no hope of establishing a sense of urgency. And really there are some objectives that take time to actually achieve, but a lot of them, um, you can actually shorten that time frame and you can then demonstrate the value of the system and having worthwhile objectives and targets by getting some wins on the board. Okay. And can I? Can we just pause there? Yeah. Did you answer? Yep. Becky, did you answer Becky's question? Is it? Uh, what, was it what was the question again? I've, I've lost my way, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> it was just around uh, a lot of the objectives are negative, and she was saying. Uh, 
are you able to give us an example of an objective with positives on it? So maybe there's an opportunity in terms of service provision to, to customers is a, is a reasonable example where you look so you've got a, a service provision to your, your customers so that you're doing well, but there's maybe some competitors outside of your organisation that are offering a service you don't currently do. So maybe your objective would be to expand the service offering to include that particular uh, service or product, and the targets around that are we're going to do uh, uh, you know x number of widgets by this time by this date, and they're going to be to this quality and this standard, and this person's actually going to implement this and uh, get it done and dusted by this date. Mm -hmm. So it then provides you can then formulate well. And that's got to come from, that may be a marketing decision or a strategic decision for the organisation that's supported by quality management system and its objectives and targets within that system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that, so that's, 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 quite, that's quite an important point where the, the quality or the health and safety are sort of, they're getting involved with the business decisions, getting involved with you know, improving the business as a whole, not just within their own areas, but getting involved with marketing, getting involved with the sales, getting involved with other areas that, and you can, you can set objectives to be able to do that. So that's a very good point. Yeah, look, and, and really for organisations, that's always, organisations that have been very successful at this, that's always been the case. Mm. You know, organisations like your GEs and you know, Shells and your BPs, which I have first-hand experience at, in terms of, well, that's always the way they've done business. They weren't any different. <laughs> it was just how you did it. Yeah. And uh, I remember my first job out of university was, uh, you know, being an auditor with uh, BP. I came along and I automatically assumed this is how other organisations do it. And they have their process and it's just part of the overall business, all linked. And... Uh, Found out that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. But yeah, so measuring, reporting and reviewing is and and I know this is this is basic fair, but there is nothing worse than reporting on performance and your measurements wrong. Okay. So <laughs> and you see that far too often is and for the so you've got someone, you've got the QHSC manager reporting on, you know, we've made good progress about uh, reducing the number of defects in this particular uh, manufactured product and uh, the measurement's wrong. And people that work and then if that's combined with no consultation communication with the relevant functions and levels within that area of the business, that then creates a significant degree of cynicism um, and uh, pushback mm. on the management system. So it happens too often. And make sure you're measuring the right thing. Now that sounds obvious, but that requires a bit of thought and a bit of consultation. And part of the buy-in with, uh, with top management is have a regular reporting me mechanism to top management. So, uh, you know, your system may say, well, we go and review our objectives and targets and progress once every six months, once every 12 months or whatever. Well, that's not often enough. If you're serious about it, it's not often enough. <laughs> and the progress should be reported like um, your financial performance, monthly. 
is so the, the organisations I've seen work best with this. They have a monthly reporting regimes on their progress against their objectives and targets for their you know, quality, safety, and environmental. Um, and there's a buy-in for that, and then top management expect the performance uh, and progress to be demonstrated. Uh, and very much aligned with that is obviously yeah, if you've got the reporting to, to top management, but share that across the whole organisation. Um, don't just you know, come up with your objectives and targets and then not publish, they're not communicated, people aren't aware of them. And I know the standards have addressed that in the 2015 version, but they're just words, they're not actually behaviours. So it's a matter of doing that as a matter of course of how you run your business and making sure it's something you actually discuss at your staff meetings. And recognising people who have actually contributed to achievement of objectives because good news spreads quickly. And reviewing, reviewing them, making sure the right people are involved in the review. And if the objectives and targets need changing, change them. <laughs> so, and I think that's, if you've got a process where you're only looking, looking at them every six or 12 months, uh, they tend not to get changed uh, or they get changed four months after they should have been or something like that. So um, change them, revise them, but make sure if they are changed to revise that those changes are communicated to people. And also importantly, I guess in terms of, so it's a matter of being open and transparent with this, is it's okay to acknowledge setbacks and failures. Um, so as long as that's done in the right way and people are actually uh, uh, involved in, well, we've had issues with this, with achieving these objectives, the plans we put together aren't quite working uh, and how do we change this and involve the people that need to be involved in at those functions and levels to participate in uh, coming up with a plan to fix it. So um, you tend to build trust that way, build commitment. Uh, and acknowledging when things aren't going well, uh, that's okay. Uh, but also celebrate when you're having a win, a success. And uh, it's important and quite often that can be missed. So again, that creates a bit of enthusiasm with, within the organisation and also recognises and rewards those that have actually participated in the, in the end result. So, just oh, as a basic just, summary. Just, 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 yep. pause, just pause there before we go through yep. the summary. Yep. Here's a loaded question from, <laughs> from Chris. <Yep. laughs> uh, this is, this is a, a good consulting one, Gary. I know you've experienced yep. a lot of mining <laughs> companies out Western Australia, so uh, I'm sure you've been exposed to lots of objectives. So his question is, so for a health and safety example, what would the top five things to measure for what are the top five five things to measure for health and safety? Well, that depends on uh, whether you're doing it to meet regulatory requirements or you're doing it to provide value to the business. <laughs> so, so, and again, and so, and I guess I, I say that a little bit cynically, but you know, uh, and I, I can't recollect in terms of what what mine regulations and so forth apply outside of WA but there are specific reporting regimes and performance indicators that must be uh, reported each month to uh, 
the DMP is the regulator of mines uh, for WA. Have you got a couple they of examples? Not, necessarily, oh, not off the top of my head, Craig, but they've got to provide their lost time injury frequency rates and all of that, you know, that basic fare, but there's also, um, you know, communication efforts, all of those sort of things. There's a whole list and it's, it's all regulated. Um, and that's fine, but I'm a great believer at the end of the day, uh, I would tend to focus on your, um, your lead indicators in terms of what are people doing, and that's not filling out forms and filling out procedures to, to make the place safer. So, <laughs> you know, are the people that are actually in charge of safety and health in the place, are they actually out in the field talking to the people doing the work? Um, and helping them do their work safely. So something like, so, so for example... Behaviour-based safety is, yeah, behaviour-based safety, that's another topic in itself. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So something like safe behavioural observations, or counts of those or something Yeah, but like it's, look, you know, without going into behaviour-based safety, we're into that, it's not a new concept, it's 40 years old, depending on your outlook, it's on the nose or it's not on the nose. Union movement yeah. doesn't particularly like it, all of those sort of things. But if it's done properly and people are properly trained and know what they've got to do, that is a good indicator uh, because it's things that are happening in real world, in real work time that can make a difference if it's done the right way. Where it falls down is people aren't um, well trained uh, and their roles and accountabilities are all blurred in terms of what they've got to do. So, but yeah, that's what I'd focus on in terms of the positive so, ones. So, so lead, lead, lead indicators. So, yeah. There's a whole. I'll an article. There's an article that Safe Work Australia put out about the value of lag indicators and or lack of value. And uh, I've got a copy of it. Actually, it's pretty good. And in terms of. Okay, I'll 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 send a link to everybody on this on this webinar to that particular. Um, yep. That's a whole webinar in itself. Uh, yeah, well, it is. Lead, yeah. lead indicators yeah. versus lag indicators. So, so um, yeah, I think. But Safe Work Australia released a very comprehensive report about oh, probably nine months ago. If you can find, it's very hard to find on the website, and it goes through uh, the lack of value with lag indicators and how they they don't actually make people safer, which they don't. They're just <laughs> reporting with the ship sale. Yeah. Okay. So. But, Sorry, I don't want to get stuck. I don't want to get stuck on health and safety, but I knew it was a loaded yeah. question, and we'd get you fired up. Yeah, no, 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 it's an interesting one. Man, I said in terms of churning out documents and procedures uh, doesn't mean anyone's over. Mm. But anyway, okay. So summary: Yes, there's requirements and the standards that you've got to meet if you're going to be certified. Uh, but that's where it shouldn't end. You should have something that actually meets your needs and um, if you haven't got that, it's very difficult to do this properly. Um, and there's an opportunity that in, in my experience is missed um, because if the objectives and targets have got a lot of beef to them and people can see the value and they've got the buy-in to it, it really is a great opportunity to uh, lift the profile of your management systems and actually get it as an integral part of what happens on a day-to-day -day basis in the business. Uh, it really is, but it, the objectives and targets aren't right. Well, they formulate your plans and your programs. They mean that those plans and those programs are going to be a little bit lame. So it takes time. <coughs> um, 
it does take time to do it properly. And really, there's no you're not going to do it in one or two hours. Um, it may take weeks. It may mm -hmm. take months. Okay. Just pause there. Uh, just pause there for yep. a second, Gary. Just to let people know, we're, we're sort of running out of time. We only got four minutes left. So if you've got any questions, put them in now, um, and uh, we can answer those questions once Gary's finished the, this page. So carry on, Gary. Sorry, you were. You were yep. And just take, uh, take, making take sure you're monitoring, reporting, you're changing, and that word communicate again. Okay. So, and really, it's a, it's a it's a difficult thing. It can be difficult. And, you know, I've been guilty of this. If you look in the mirror and do a bit of soul searching and say, when was the last time I consulted and communicated across the whole business in terms of our management systems, objectives, and targets? And you say, well, yeah, maybe it could be at a higher level. Okay. So, because that's that's one of the keys, mm -hmm. and that's it. Uh, so, the, here's a question from John. John's uh, saying that the webinar is missing the objective of establishing value-adding objectives and targets. What I'm hearing are the, is the basics required for a business plan. What are the value-adding objectives and targets for my management system? He's saying, I hope this makes some sense. So. I think the, you have first go at that, Gary, if you like. Can you repeat it? <laughs> <laughs> what, are the, what I'm hearing is the basics of a required for a business plan. What are the value-adding objectives and targets for my management system? So I guess he's asking maybe for some examples of what maybe uh, what are his value-adding objectives so and targets. Okay, so it can be as simple as, well, okay, um, maybe your business has margin issues. Okay. Maybe the margin of your business has declined over the last five years. And that will be a result of your business processes, your market conditions, your external context, and all that sort of thing. It's then a matter of saying, well, okay, our margin's gone from 35% maybe 25%, how can we improve that back to 35%? So your, your objectives may become, we want to improve our margin on uh, this particular area of the business from 25 to 35% uh, over the next year. Right. What are the targets you're going to do? You then break down that objectives into multiple targets because things like that are going to be quite complex. And you might end up with four or five, six or seven targets around what are the, the elements that make up that margin issue. So again, that is very much related to the business as a whole, but it's your, it's your system. <laughs> your system is, is what can make a difference with that. Mm -hmm. And that's where you get buy-in, okay? Because all of a sudden, your top management are going to be saying, oh, can we do that through the management systems? Well. If your management system's effective, isn't it the processes that you use in the business that ultimately determine that? What uh, about, so John's followed up with... You can say it was easy. Uh, <laughs> it's an opportunity. Uh, what, he's asking, how do I measure the success or otherwise of my management system, not just business-related objectives? What about the, the success or otherwise of his, his management system? Yeah. So you can have an objective around that. So it can be an objective in terms of, well, is it is it actually meeting the needs of your customer in terms of the quality? 
Is it improving your occupational health and safety performance? How are you measuring measuring your performance? Hmm. So at the end of the day, you've got you've got, and again, one of the missed things is those organisations that have workers' compensation claims. I don't know, is that what you call it in New Zealand, Craig? ACC. Yeah. Okay. Um, these things are actually happening in the organisation, but the objectives don't even take into account of those. So you've actually got actual examples of where you're injuring people, but your objectives and targets don't even take that into account because no one's bothered to go and have a look at your workers' compensation data. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I worked with a major government health organisation that was doing exactly that. They had. You know, health industry has enormous claims for workers' compensation through manual handling, bullying, those sort of things. Um, and their plans and targets didn't even look at that. Yet it was right there in front of them. Mm -hmm. So that'd be an example in terms of, is your system doing that properly? Yeah. No, that's what it should be doing. Because I've seen objectives for people's management systems as like pass the ISO audit with no non-conformances or, um, you know, pass the past the a work safe audit with no improvement notices or, or whatever it is, is yeah. are, they, are they are they good or are they bad or what are they appropriate is that, what value is, that, they is, that is that a measure of success to say that your management system is good or bad uh, I wouldn't have thought so because right. I guess the reality is it's not that hard to get a certificate on the wall uh, and it's even easier to retain it mm -hmm. the cynic in me okay but that's the reality and at the end of the day, that's not providing value to the business. Just because you've got a certificate on the wall and you get through an audit doesn't mean that it's providing value. It doesn't. That The judge of that is the organisation and the people in the organisation. All that they see it as a cost centre and a burden and all this paperwork we've got to, we've got to complete, well, I'd ask the question, well, is that value? Mm-hmm. So it's, it requires a lot of effort and it requires working with all parts of the business and linking them to the overall strategies and strategic intent of the business, which you know, the 2015 standard makes nice little words to it. Okay? Mm -hmm. And they have that identified as a, as a requirement. I'm not too sure how that's going to be audited, but yeah, at yeah. the end of the day, that's the way it's, it's always been although the words haven't been there in the yep. standards. Glenn's come yeah. in with a good comment here. He's saying the success of the business should align with the success of the management system. If they're separate, your management system may not be adding value. So I think that's... Yeah, that's a very good comment, and you're right. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Your management the, system... Your system is seen as something that stands out there, and it's just a cost and something you've got to do, and it's not related, integrated with the overall success of the business. That's exactly what you've got. Yeah, yeah I, I know we're running out of time, but that, that actually was, I, I was involved with that. I work for a Japanese company and they told me my management system was very beautiful, but it, no, it, play, it, had, it, was very, it was beautifully documented and it was a lovely, beautiful system. They said it's very beautiful, yeah, yeah. but it had no reflection on the business. And so I had, no. start, I had to start from scratch. And so I had to chuck out my beautiful documents and I had to create, I had to create a management system that was involved with the business and its success as a business. So I had to start. And what you've got to you know. do. Yeah. So It's about what you do to make a difference. That's where Mango comes in. Right at the end of the day, you can do all of that Mango. Yeah. You know, you yeah. Who's going to do what on the objectives? You can just put it in there. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
Very good. No. Okay. <laughs> We've run out of time, and thank you all for your questions. If you've got any more questions, just fire them through on email to me, and uh, I'll fire them through to Gary, and he can uh, give you some maybe some more examples around um, <clears throat> some good objectives that could maybe add value to your business. So uh, thank you all for attending today's webinar. Uh, Look out for the recording of this webinar. I'll send it out on, on an email, and uh, you can then share that with your colleagues. Uh, and look out for the next win webinar, which we'll be talking about root cause analysis, something that's uh, of interest at the moment here in New Zealand. Uh, and thanks again for attending, and a good day to you all. Much appreciated. Thank you.